no matter what the odds look like. God's not into odds. In fact, I believe God waits until it absolutely looks in, absolutely impossible for us to do anything. And then God's going to move. He's going to move. God has not called this church just to sit here on 40 and look pretty, sing pretty songs. No, God has called us for a mission, the last days. And I hope you do have your ears on this Father's Day. We need men. We men stand up. Our ladies bring sweetness and love, mercy. Our men bring guts and courage. Let's go before the Lord. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord. And Lord, we're looking for a move of the Spirit of Almighty God. Lord, I want you to invade this place. That every soul here cannot deny the reality of a living God. We pray for the unction and anointing of God. We pray, Lord, that the word would be sharp. Dividing asunder soul and spirit. Creating life bringing water, rivers of life where it's dry, bringing wisdom where there is none. Lord, remind your people that you reign today. There's not even a close second, Lord Jesus. I ask your blessing upon the men here this Father's Day, Lord. I truly ask that you would stir them, let them understand why you have created them men, from the youngest one to the oldest here, you have hand-wired every one of them to be men in this last day. Help us all to fulfill the calling of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, we need to have a supernatural church where the power of God can be felt and trusted. And expected. Look, it is absolutely obvious to everybody now, I'm sure it has to be obvious, we are not living in normal times. You know, when I grew up, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, all them things, hot dogs, American pie, it seemed to be normal. My three sons, father knows best, and those days are gone, and they have been gone. They're so far gone, things are happening now that you just can't even believe. Uh, an American taking a rifle and opening up on his uh, representatives and senators as they try to practice and play ball. So it's absolutely obvious we are not living in normal times. Now I say that not to bum you out today, but I'm saying that to let you know it is, um, we can't be average. The house of God cannot be average. More has to be required from us from the hands of the God so that we can have a supernatural church. So that crazy, insane, out-of-control world can take notice. Whoa, wait a minute. And that's where your part comes in. So I do hope you have your ears on today and that God pierces your heart. You remember when the story of the account we preached a long time ago about Jonathan said the arrow is beyond us? He shoots the arrow, and it goes away, and his servant goes out there and looks and looks and looks, can't find it, and Jonathan yells, the arrow is beyond you. Well, what I'm telling you and going to ask of you is beyond you today, okay? What I'm asking you, I'm going to show you, hopefully by Scripture, 
is absolutely beyond your ability. Now, in a natural way of thinking, you're saying, then why go there? We might as well go home and have our Father's Day hot dog or whatever. No, because what, you, what I'm trying to get you to understand is where your humanity ends is where God takes over. And that's what needs to happen in this place. Okay, so let's see what God does. The title of this morning's message is called Another Heart. Another Heart. Deuteronomy 10.12 says this, And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Okay, you're Israel, you're grafted in the vine. Requires you means ask of you. What's the Lord asking of you this morning? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So we want to break these down a little bit. What does the Lord require of you? But to fear the Lord your God. Now God requires from us reverential honor towards him. Not necessarily that fear would make you shrink back. It can be. But God expects this. He expects a heart that so honors God that you would be hesitant to even offend him. Whether it's even acting a little silly in the sanctuary. You think, oh man, I don't know if I should do that. The other day was someone walked in and uh, had a, a, a ball cap on and was only wearing a ball cap because rushed through the shower and his hair was like this and everywhere going all over the place, but felt like, you know, I just can't wear that ball cap in here because of a, a reverential fear. And so God says, I require, I'm asking this of you. So as we look at the scripture, we're going to look to see what the Lord requires of us. So the fear of God, one is to walk in all his way. God requires you and I to live our lives after the pattern that he set for us. To walk on his road, not the road that you want to walk on and call it the way. No, the road that he calls the way. He requires that of you. Now, all of us have a date with death, some sooner than later. It doesn't have anything to do with age, even. And God has requirements when you stand before him. So it would behoove you today to listen clearly. So God says, I require you to reverentially fear me, to love me. To walk in all my ways that I require of you. It also goes on and says, to love him, God requires us to love him. Asks of us to love me. This means the love he expects isn't a love that just kind of happens. You know, really love isn't something that just happens. It's not an emotion. I choose to love my wife. It's a choice. And God requires that you choose to love him. It comes from a decision set on your affection. I'm going to love Almighty God. It's not, well, when I get goosebumps, oh, no, she's the one. No, you choose. I choose. It also goes on and says, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. God requires us to serve Him. To see that all we do as service unto Him. Him and to do all that we do as if doing it unto Him with all our heart and all our soul. Whether it's usher, VBS, Sunday school, drums, preaching. All your heart, all your soul, God requires. I do not want my wife to love me with half her heart. Kind of half into it. Jason's message last Sunday, eh, yeah, I love you, eh, 
No, I don't want that. Neither would you. I wouldn't think so. Well, neither was Almighty God. So we are to love Almighty God with all our heart. And then God says to keep the commandments of the Lord. God requires us to not only know His Word, but to keep it. Keep it. In the sense of possessing it in ourselves. It becomes a part of us. The Word of Almighty God. These are requirements that God has for you. And then he tells us also it's for our good. Every command of God is given for our good. They are never given so that he can exercise his power or authority over us. They're given because they're good for us. And so God comes out in Deuteronomy and says, this is what I'm asking of you. This is what I require of you, people of God. Now when I look at this list and it's like, to fear the Lord your God all the time, to walk in His ways all the time, to love Him. God requires me with all my heart, all my soul, keep His commandments. I start saying, man, God, I, I don't think I can do that. I just wish I could. I wish I could be your hero, God, but I, I don't think I can. Which reminds me of the words of Paul. Remember Romans seven eighteen. Paul says, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good in your carnal nature today, no matter how pretty you look. It says, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not, Paul says. I want to do good. I want to serve God. I want to keep the commandments. I want to do what's required, but I don't find that in me to be able to. Verse 19 says, For the good that I would, I do not, and the evil which I would not, I keep doing it. So that's why the title this morning is Another Heart. Lord, I know you're calling this church not to be ordinary, not to be average, to be extraordinary, to be special, peculiar, filled with the Spirit of God. Really taking steps of faith and believing Almighty God. Stepping out and trusting God. Well, that is beyond me as much as I want it and desire it. Look what the psalmist says. Psalm 119.32. This is me. I will run. Oh, yes. God, I'll run. I'll run the way of thy commandments. When thou shalt enlarge my heart, God. When you enlarge my heart, God, I'll take off. I'm at my limit right now. My carnal ability, my physical ability to serve you, God. I can't do the requirements that you're asking. But God, if you enlarge my heart, I'll run. God, will you take over? I'm at the end of my abilities. My carnality, my humanity. God, if you enlarge my heart, I'll run. I'll keep those commandments. That verse got me excited. Because that which is in me just isn't enough. This natural heart that I have keeps wearing out. I don't know about you, and I desire and want and long for another heart. 
One that I see, just like that psalmist said, God, you enlarge it, I'll run. I'll run, God. Now look, I understand God is asking us stuff that we can't do. That's the beginning to be able to run, is to know you can't do it. I can't do it. The arrow is beyond me, God. But Lord, if you expand, if you enlarge, if you take over, I'll run. If you do something special to this church, if you enlarge her love, if you enlarge her strength, God, this church will run for you. Supernatural. Acts 13, 20 says, And after that he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet and afterwards they desired a king. God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. That's what we want. Lord, give this church a heart after you. A heart just like you. Because then, God, long after I'm gone, they'll fulfill your will. They'll run, Lord. They'll run. God does this stuff. We see it. It's proof. It's on your lap. It's on the screens. Psalmist says, I'll run. I'll run. I'll run. I'll run. If you enlarge my heart, I'll run. If you take over in the supernatural, if you come down with your divine influence, I'll run. He did it to Elijah. Elijah outran the chariots with the message of God. A man after my own heart. That's what I want. I don't want another flesh heart. It gets exhausted. It gets wore out. It gets clogged with bitterness, betrayal, lies. I want another spiritual heart, God. A heart after you. That word heart denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life. That's what I want, God. You have to enlarge that in me. The heart is the fountain and the seat, listen, of thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purpose, and accomplishments. Enlarge it, God. Not that I could be a better athlete, a better techie, a better businessman. No. Luke 6.45 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance. Out of the overflow. What kind of shape is your heart in? If it's full of America's lost, to hatred, it's unbelievable to divide and hatred in our nation. Do you hear it on the news all the time? The senseless shootings, it's hopeless. Out of the abundance. That's a natural heart. 
And God is not calling us for this. This is beyond us. So, Ezekiel 36, 26 says this to you and I. You've got to believe this. This is the Word of God. It's not a magazine. It's not a seminar somewhere in Columbus. It's the Word. I knew heart. A new heart. I'll give you it. I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit which I put within you. A new heart and a new spirit. Oh God, will you do that today? Will God do that today? Does God still do that? Can God put a new heart and a new spirit into you if you so desire it? Step by faith and believe. Ezekiel 36, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away that stony heart of flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh or a fresh heart is what that means. A new heart means a new mind and will, a new understanding, a new determination. No matter what the cost, live or die. It's got to be supernatural. A new mind, a new will, a new tenacity to keep going on. A new understanding of what's happening. And a determination, no matter what the enemy does. That's beyond you in the natural. In the natural, we want to dry, buy dry bananas and 50 gallons of distilled water, dig a cave and go hide in it. That's not what God calls you to do. You're a light on a hilltop. You don't buy bananas in a cave and put a bushel on it. You shine, God says. That's beyond us. Spirit, definition of spirit is this. A new spirit will I put within you. New motive and courage and desire. And I want that. So when I desire something, you, you go for it. You get it, whatever it is. You have a desire, motive, and courage. I believe God still gives out brand new hearts, even today. The thing is, is do you see your need for one? Do you have a need? Are you missing it? Now, it's going to look like I'm going to shift gears dramatically here, but I'm, it's got a point. Just hang in there. Who remembers the horse secretariat? Who doesn't? <laughs> it's like 20 went up and 10 went up, so the other ones don't care, apparently. Secretariat was the first horse to win the triple crown after like 25 years. Uh, I always try to, I kind of forget, what is it? Kentucky, Turby, Preakness, and Belmont. They uh, were not into horse racing and gambling. Okay, but here, here's a point to this. So, the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby is a mile and a quarter, and Secretary won that race. And then the Preakness is a mile and three-sixteenths, a little, little farther. And Secretary run that race, beating a horse called Sham, S-H-A-M, I think, 
Sham was his greatest threat. Sham was his adversary. Sham was his enemy to keep him from winning the triple crown. <clears throat> you and I have an adversary. We have an enemy that plans strategically. Blueprints sits down screaming at his demons. Come up with a plan. He's still running. So the plan that Sham and his writer and trainer and owner came up with. Secretary was a heart was when the bell would go. Secretary would be one of the last or second to last, whatever, out of the chute. He just that's the way he ran. And by time they circled for the home stretch, he was pulling away. He'd win by two, three, four lengths all the time. That was just the way he was every race he was in. He did it with the Kentucky Derby. He did it with the Preakness. So this being the longest race, a mile and a half, you can run thoroughbreds so hard that their heart actually bursts and they drop dead. It happens. So they had a plan that they were going to run Sham as hard as they could and force Secretariat to run harder than she or he, I don't even know what it is, sounds like a girl, uh, ever, ever ran. Ever ran. Hardest ever that would ever run, figuring he would either drop dead or tuck her out and finish last. Okay? I have a video for you. Let's watch this video just to give you the feel for it. Horses now loaded in. I love the snort. Secretary surging from the gate. Secretary in a way very well. Has good position on the rail. Secretary driving immediately into the lead. Secretary and Jam off to a surprisingly rapid pace. He's going out too fast. Good. Turn. Mike Allen 
He laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. He does not shy away from the sword. He cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. Secretariat wins. <clears throat> Amen. In 1999, did you hear that one guy say, that's impossible? That's exactly what we think all the time. It's impossible. Even when he does it right in front of their faces, wins by 31 lengths. That's what we claim. That's impossible. In 1999, ESPN listed... Secretariat, 35th of uh, the 100 greatest North American athletes of the 20th century. Secretariat ranked second behind Man of War in the Blood Horse list, top 100 United States racehorses ever, second. In the fall of 1989, Secretariat became afflicted with a painful uh, hoof condition, when his uh, condition failed to improve after months of treatments, he was euthanized in October at the age of 19. Secretary was buried at Claiborne Farms, given the rare honor of being buried whole. Usually, only the head, heart, and hooves of a winning race are buried. At the time of Secretary's death, the veterinarian and pathologist at the University of Kentucky did not weigh Secretary's heart but stated heart. We just stood there in stunned silence. We couldn't believe it. The heart was perfect. There was no problems with it. It was just this huge engine. The heart that Secretary had. A normal horse's heart is like eight to nine pounds. They claimed Secretary's heart was 21 to 22 pounds sucking that air, pumping those muscles, and roared, enlarge my heart. God, enlarge. That's impossible what they saw, but with an enlarged heart, he did it. He did it. It says an extreme large heart is a trait that occasionally occurs in thoroughbreds, thought to be linked to genetic conditions called the X factor. I read that, you know what I said? Lord, I want the X factor. I want that X factor, God. I don't have it. I don't know what factor I got failed. God, I want the X factor. You've got to give me that X factor. I want to run, God, but you have to give it to me. And that's exactly what happened and made this horde great. 
When they turned a corner and it was dead silence, that was scripture they were giving you. Did you know that? It wasn't some cool little poem by some trainer. Job 39 says this, Have you given the horse strength? Have you closed his neck with thunder? Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. He laughs at fear, is not frightened, nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage, nor does he come to a halt because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! And he smells the battle from afar. It's the horse, the heart of the horse. That's what God said. That's what God put in. The X factor. God wants to give the X factor to whoever wants it, whoever longs for this. Will the Lord give you a brand new heart this morning? Could he possibly have the X factor waiting for you? Or are you going to be like the world? That's impossible. It's just impossible. Congress, White House, President, it's just impossible. The hatred, the That's when God does his work, when it's impossible. That's when God will touch a church with the X factor, when it's impossible. Lord, this is impossible. It's impossible to do anything else anymore. I've tried, I've screamed, I've hollered, squinted my eyes, I've done all, everything there is. God, I need the X factor. Isaiah 54.10 says this, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Remember the scripture been given kind of over and over and over. If, if me being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father? There's not a shadow of evil in him. And if you're sitting there saying, God, I want to do this work for you. You think he's going to say, oh, no, I'm, I don't want you to do it. I'm not going to give that to you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but not my kindness for you. It shall never depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that has mercy on thee. Joshua 1, 5 says, There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Now you know how we are. We're like... Moses is awesome. He's in that upper echelon in heaven somewhere. and Maybe we'll barely get in with our tails on fire. No, no, that's what God says. No, no. As just as the way I was with Moses, he said, I'll be with Pat Skelly. I'll be with Bill Hartmeyer. That's what it says. That's what the Word says. The problem is we're like, if that's impossible. Watching it, watching it. What was the key? That large, pumping heart that Secretariat had, it gave him that burst that would not quit. You see how the second horse sham just faded? I said, Lord, that's me. I just fade. You've got to give me that heart, Lord. You've got to give this church. 
that heart. We cannot fade at such a time as this. We cannot, Lord. It's absolutely impossible. Malachi 3.6 says what? For I am the Lord, I change not. If I was with Moses, I will be with you. If I made a covenant with Abraham, I keep the covenant with you. Who's going to believe that? Once Samuel says this, now look, I, I believe that anybody has that, that desire, that longing, however you respond to this, listen to this. Hopefully at the altar, God says this to you. 1 Samuel 10, 6 says this, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. That's what I'm counting on. <laughs> That's what I'm counting on. I was over there behind the cross. I hide behind that cross. I was saying this morning, Lord, it's not in the YouTube. It's not in the song. It's not in, it's not in any of these catchy little cool things I got. It's in you, and it's in you alone, God. But the Bible says in 1 Samuel, God says, I change not. The mountains will be gone. The hills will be gone. And I change not. I will still be with you. And he says, if you dare to step out, and trust me and live for me, he said, the Spirit of God will come upon you. When you come down this altar, you ought to go, I don't see it, but I believe it. I believe it, because that's what faith is, right? You don't need faith for my pulpit. You see it. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man on Father's Day. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, thou that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down, shalt go down before me to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and, shalt, uh, and show thee what thou shalt do. He's talking to Saul. And when it was so, and when he had turned his back to go from Samuel God gave him another heart. Why can't he do that for you, Eric? Penny, Nate, Chad, Pastor. That it's not true if he can't do it for me. But he can and will. I present myself, the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon me. God will do the weighing out and the sifting of the motives and the reasons why. But if you're there, like the psalmist says, if you enlarge my heart, God, I'll run! I'll run, Lord! That's what we're talking about today. That's what the Lord wants for this church. And God gave him another heart. Listen, Samuel didn't give him another heart. Listen to me, folks. A new heart was a gift from God. We can have another heart from the Lord also.
We can't. If you recognize it and long it and want it, but we must receive it from him. We can't receive a new heart from anybody but God. Listen. A wife, sweet, beautiful, godly wife, can't give you a new heart. Those children, they cannot give you a new heart. Just that job cannot give you. If I only lived in, it cannot give you a new heart. Only God. And if you're truly born again, you've already experienced it once. And I said, Lord, I'm like, sham. I'm running, but I'm going backwards. Lord, you've got to give me a new heart. Or I could say, I'm 67, I ran pretty good, soon to be 68, why not? Eh, I don't want to do that, because I don't want to do that, because I'm not called to do that. Let's stand, please. Now here's our altar call. Whether you come, kneel, and walk, whatever you do, I want you to believe this by faith. If it's not by faith, nothing's going to happen to you. Number one, you don't go by feelings. You're going to say, Lord, I see the word. I get a witness in my spirit what the pastor preached. I know the condition of my heart. Clogged arteries. Blood pressure pills. Thinners. Slowing down. We got all kind of heart stuff, medicine. But God, I'm believing that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon me. And Lord, I pray for the people now that you would dissolve all their excuses. That they're trying to line up. Whatever they are. Too young, too busy, too old, too sick. Tried this. Lord, that you would dissolve them in the name of the Lord. And as you come to this altar, you ask God for that new heart, for that Spirit of God to come upon you, and you ask God, Lord, I will run and in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. I'll do it, Lord. I'll run, and I'll run, and I'll run. And the world, and churches, and Christians will even look and they'll say, that's impossible. And you say, that's right. It's not me. It's God. It's God. The arrow is beyond me. That's our altar call. Altar's open. Make your move, please.